Welcome to Compliance Clinic. Let's talk more about some drugs. We did an episode last month about drugs in the workplace, and it's a, it's a big issue. We wanted a second part to it. It deserves a second part. The big deal about drugs in the workplace is we just don't know sometimes what to do. We're frozen. We have an individual. We suspect a problem or we're in the hiring process. We have to ask for help, like uh, will you take a drug test for me in the form of a urine test and we want to know how far what to do how to go and the the process is involved there is liability of course there seems to be liability in everything these days but in the workplace if you have some knowledge or you are uh, eh, not necessarily discouraging but turning an eye on somebody that may have a problem the problem may soon be your problem and i'm just throwing this out because doctors of all people hate confrontation now i'm a pain doctor and i'm also an addictionologist so i understand this and i get it coming and going i have patients coming in and they're on the pain side and they try to hide an illicit drug or an illicit activity sometimes nefarious, such as diversion, and it's an ongoing problem. The term for that uh, is adherence monitoring, and when we get the urine screen or do pill counts, we're doing what we should do. This is not a judgment, no judgment error, and it's not a moral failing if you have a problem. If you have a problem, you fall into the addiction side. As we talked about briefly, pain, addiction, and depression are really the same thing. They, in the primitive part of the brain, come to uh, the surface as illogical behavior. Whereas you and I may think of things very logically, an addict looks at things very illogically, and they operate on emotion. And sometimes that emotion will just spill over into the workplace. That can affect employees. It can affect uh, the employer here and uh, employee relationship. It can affect so many levels. And the problem is it can also lead to violence. So with violence in the workplace is another topic for another day. It's to be underscored that it is a problem. The problem is more liability, <laughs> not to mention the outcome of violence. So what all, what what all this is is also a family problem drugs are often a family uh complicating event it has to do with money it has to do with responsibilities to the family and it it's a broad brush stroke with many layers to that onion and so it's complex and in an employment arena you want to keep your liability to a minimum by reducing those risks. I know risk reward, risk reward benefit of whatever we do. So in medicine, doctors get it. We have risk of certain things we do, and we have to balance that against reward, all the way from surgery to just prescribing an antibiotic. And here we are in the hiring process. We're in the employment process. No difference. It's just part of what we do. So here comes Judy Holmes again, and we're going to talk a little bit more about drugs in the workplace, as we should. Now, Compliance Clinic is up and running. Uh, it's what I guess would used to be Office University. We thought we'd have a little more exposure on SEO or searching. 
if we got away from the university name. So here we are in Compliance Clinic. It's a pretty good name. It's a pretty good website. Please visit it. This is an informational website. This is not giving advice. Get that from a comp- real competent professional, not just somebody you open a phone book to. Know who you're dealing with. This is your practice. And uh, take a few minutes. Uh, go to iTunes and please review us. Maybe you could subscribe. That really helps us rank. We're new. We want to be new and notable. And if you could just go there, we're going to give you lots of value at this site. So please don't hesitate to throw it out there. If you have any questions, leave us a question or two. We're going to start getting our Twitter up. We're going to start getting all that stuff up, that social media we did in another episode. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, welcome back. Our last uh, podcast kind of left us hanging. What are we going to do with an applicant when we get to that uncomfortable position where we're going to say, well, you know, what we do is we get a drug test, and um, it came up about what do we ask them? Well, you had some comments on that, and I, I brought up the fact that we have to be very careful with what we ask because of privacy laws and certain laws uh, surrounding addiction. And with so many addicts in – and this is not a moral failing. This is somebody that wanted to get treated because there's two million of them in America. Um, they, they have an opioid use disorder, commonly known as addiction or an addict. That is what they come to you with that cloud. So we, st- we test them, and it, it comes up like, uh-oh, it's either what's here or what isn't here. Now we see some question marks on the drug test. So what kind of questions do we ask them, Judy? Where do we go from here? Well, coming from an um, employment law standpoint, uh, when you've got an applicant who, let's say, he's a good good fit for a position, you give him a conditional job, um, job offer, and in the letter... You say, uh, you've got the job under these conditions contingent upon passing a drug test. All right, then you send them for the drug test. Let's say it comes back positive for, um, for, for I don't know, uh, some opioids or something. What do you do? Can you just say, forget it, I'm, I'm not going to hire somebody uh, who's taking that particular drug? I would say number one, resist the temptation to just simply go to the next applicant on the, in line for the job. You you need to have more information to protect yourself because uh, you want to make sure that you have uh, some ammunition in case the person who you hired and then skipped to the next person doesn't go to the EEOC and claim you failed to hire him because of a disability. And and so you you want to go one step farther and find out a little bit more. Give him a chance to explain. Keep the co- information confidential. Just ask for a private meeting with him. Give him a chance to tell you why he's on the drugs and document carefully what you discuss. Because if it's a chronic health c- condition, you're going to need to determine whether it actually would affect his job performance to the point where, or to the extent that you really have to withdraw the job offer. Uh, 
um, if it's if it let's say the the drug is to treat a disability, you need to make a determination as to whether you can accommodate that disability. Uh, let's let's take an example of someone you conditionally hire for a front desk position and test positive for for some drug that um, he's taking for um, sorry um, let's take let's take the example of Let's say you extend a job offer to a nurse uh, and uh, contingent on a, on a successful completion of a drug test. And that drug test comes back showing the nurse had high levels of opioids in her system. And you sit down with her, you ask her about it, and she just gives you a vague general reference. Well, I, I take it, sometimes I get a little knee pain. Obviously, that's a red flag. Doesn't sound like a disability. Sounds like she's going to be a problem. Do you have to go ahead and hire her anyway? Not necessarily, because opioids can affect the ability to work safely. You have a legitimate business reason to at least be concerned and at least maybe think about withdrawing that job offer. But you want to document your reasons for withdrawing it carefully. Keep in mind, you know, I think I think that's that's a red flag for a person who is going to be a problem in the future. Um, so you may want to withdraw the uh, job offer. Have you ever had that situation, Hans? Um, I have. And a little, little more indirect, subtle red flags, and it became problematic with performance. But in the hiring process, oh, it's so hard. It might surprise people to know that uh, the truck driver hurling down the highway only had to do what's called a Federal Five. They only tested for five agents, and the cutoff levels actually were were pretty high. So, in other words, they could have some residual drug in the Fibro 5, and you miss all the others that could have been in there. So, there's different quality and variability in drug testing, and that's that's the thing. You know, we We drug test people, and we have to understand that there's a scope of medications, some are, are not worth testing for, and some, um, well, we test for them, but they're sub-thresholds, so you don't really see them, but they're there. And we kind of have to figure out what to do with that. But specifically, I have found it to be a problem more in performance than in actual detection. That's right, and, and that's where it comes. That's where it comes up a lot is after you've already hired them, which is why it's really important, like you said, to get a really good, comprehensive drug test. That's going to uh, it, the, the panel of of drugs that you test for is really going to tell you. Um, it, it is going to give you an indication of the types of drugs that might be in their system that are going to affect their ability to work. Um, so, so I, I think that that is that's a really good conversation you really need to have with your drug testing company. Make sure that the drug test is is going to to tell you what you need to know. Yeah. Now, keep in mind with the nurse that we were talking about with high levels of opioids in her system, you probably want to pass on her, but you just want to be able to document that you allowed her to explain and that you determined it just you know. You didn't want you didn't want to hire her because of of the the drug 
um, drug testing um, panel that, that came back positive. Also, though, keep in mind that the ADA doesn't interfere with your right as, a, as an employer to hire the best qualified applicant. So it doesn't impose on you any affirmative action. Geez, I've got to hire this, uh, this person um, with a disability just over somebody who is equally qualified, um, some kind of affirmative action <clears throat> reason. It Now, keep in mind that the ADA doesn't interfere with your right to hire the best qualified applicant, and it doesn't impose any affirmative action obligations on you. So if you feel like, in the case of that nurse that you found had high level of opioids in her system, you don't absolutely have to hire her if you have a legitimate business reason for passing on her. The ADA just simply prohibits employers from discriminating against a qualified applicant because of a legitimate disability. Now, one caution I, I, would, I would leave you with is get your employment attorney involved at an early stage of this whole process of drug testing and, um, and, and setting up your, your decisions on what you're going to do and what you're going to ask. Actually, that might be the very first thing you want to do because this is tough stuff. If you don't hire a person who got a job offer letter because of what you discovered in a drug screen, he may very well file a charge of discrimination based on disability, and you will be on the hot seat to explain why you couldn't accommodate that disability. It's often a very good practice to have your attorney involved in this decision-making and in the documentation because he's going to know, he or she is going to know the law and your obligations. It's a big landmine out there. Okay. All right. I'll put you on pause. That's good information, Judy, as always. Um, now, it, you can throw out some closing thoughts there, but what about another podcast? we got some other things to talk about. We do. This is a huge topic. On uh, the next podcast, I thought we'd talk about uh, another mistake that employers make, which is failing to react appropriately when you suspect a current employee is under the influence of drugs or alcohol. What do you do when you're confronted with that situation right in the middle of the day with patients? And I'm going to give you some kind of maybe some tips that you can uh, that you you can uh, take into consideration when you when that problem uh, pops up. That's good stuff. And so uh, next podcast we're going to talk about uh, what we do when we've got the problem. So thanks again, Judy. Any other thoughts? Yeah, as always, I want to remind you that the information in the podcast um, is meant to be um, some helpful tips. It's not legal advice. It doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. I, I have to tell you that. Um, also, I'm, we're going to put these show notes up and post them in our website. So email us with any questions that you have, and we'll, we'll try to post some of those uh, questions on our webpage. Sounds good. Leave a review at iTunes. Uh, that really helps us rank. People can find us. And once again... Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Great stuff, Judy. Once again, this is going to be a, a great symbiotic relationship, I hope. So 
uh, please leave us a review and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, aunts and uncles, call your brothers and sisters, tell them to get in there and uh, get us visible, please. We really appreciate it. So come back and visit us. We got a few more episodes to throw up. We got some webinars going up and then We've even got some webinars on iTunes, so uh, Judy's uh, done a tremendous job on those. I have watched her go through that process, and it is a tremendous process and a commitment to her. So once again, thank you for coming, and we'll see you soon.